Welcome to the Do Better podcast with your coach and host, me, Stevie Potter, helping you to go from feeling like a smashed packet of custard creams to being a superhuman. To find out where you are right now on the spectrum, go to our show notes and visit the Superhuman Scorecard and start changing your life today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time of day, whatever time zone you're listening to this one in. Um, Hello, it's me, Stevie, here for another episode of the Do Better podcast. Can't quite believe how quickly we're racing through the episode numbers at this point. Um, But having a great time doing it and also, more importantly, getting some great feedback from you guys who are really, really enjoying it. Um, Now, as always, as I say um, in the podcast, if there's anything specifically that you've got a question about, if there's anything that you want me to talk about and waffle on about if there's any any sort of guest or anything you'd like to have on the show then please do let me know um, and I will do my best to make it happen um what I've been up to since I last spoke to you well mainly training isn't it and it's been beautiful weather for the most part here in Britain um lovely and sunny it's been nice getting out in the evenings as well I don't know about you guys but um one of the like the worst things is getting home from work or like finishing work for the day when I'm at home and then thinking I've now got to go and do a session in the dark which I don't particularly enjoy I still do it because I'm very well behaved but um it is tricky so now with the kind of nights drawing out a little bit longer I'm really enjoying that and uh, I can just get out and I've no idea what time of day it is or when it's time to go to bed because it just seems to be light all the time which is glorious um I hope you guys have had a good week. Uh, again, let me know what you've been up to. Let me know if there's anything that you want covered. Join in with the community. Um, there's loads of chatter always going on in the Paladins Facebook community. Um, the link to that is in the show notes. Um, so pop along there. Everybody is welcome. We've got a hive of activity there. And we've got everybody from, you know, people who are just kind of starting out in health and fitness right up to people who are performing at the highest level in their sport. So there really is a kind of melting pot of ideas ideas, activity and advice going on in there. Some of you will have seen on my social media, both in the group um, and on some of my main pages, um, a particular formula that I've been sharing over the past couple of weeks. Um, And that's going to be the topic of today's show. So on today's Coachcast, um, we are talking about a formula which I came across um, when I was doing my research, doing my reading, as I love to do because I'm a complete nerd, by Tim Galway, who is another coach. Um, He's an author, ex-tennis player. Um, He went to Harvard, played tennis there. And he started to get involved in lots of meditation techniques. And he started to find that these kind of mindset practices and meditation practices were starting to improve his game. So, you know, although he was playing the tennis and doing the training, what he was really finding was making a difference was what he was doing around his mindset and his meditation and how he was improving his his mind and his brain rather than just the physical aspect of his game. Um, and he now does coaching. He has books, you know, he'd done some sport coaching. Um, it's kind of sports psychology, that sort of thing. Um, and he has this kind of signature approach where he looks at what we call the self one and the self two. Um, so self one being the kind of internal um, interferences voice. Um, and then the self two kind of being the other part, which is all the external bits. So he came up with this formula, which basically, uh, to summarize, and it's one of the greatest things that I've ever seen written down. And I suddenly was like, why haven't I been the person that came up with this? 
performance is equal to potential minus interferences. So let's break that down. Your performance at any given moment in any given area, whatever your goal is, whether it's for a race, whether it's for a particular job or a meeting at work, whether it's something in your personal life, your performance in that particular area at that particular moment in time is going to be equal to your absolute maximum potential, which I believe is determined by, you know, the prefixed things that you can't control. Your genetics, probably a bit of luck, circumstance, that sort of thing. You know, you can talk about things like inequality and equities and things like that. Minus the interferences. So the interferences here that Galway's talking about are internal interferences. So it's the little voice in your head which is giving you self-doubt. It's the voice that says, I can't, you know, I'm not very good at. I, would, I, I will never be able to. It's that kind of voice. And it kind of makes sense, really. But I like to look at this formula and kind of adapt it into the way that I provide my coaching. And when I looked at the formula, the reason it jumped out at me is because this is entirely what I am trying to teach people day in, day out. And this is a really nice, simple way of putting it. Your performance at any given moment, so your, you know, the the performance that you want to give, your goal, whether it's a goal to, to go and do something over a very short period of time, is equal to the maximum possible outcome that you have inside of you. So like I say, the predetermined stuff minus the stuff that gets in the way. So minus the barriers. Now, I often talk a lot about physical barriers because I believe that they're a lot easier to remove than we would have ourselves believe. And when we look back at the principles, the Paladin principles, so the coaching principles that I teach by, um, you know, we've got a lot about, so we talk about goal smashing, which is a lot about planning. And it's not just about setting a goal and setting a smart goal. It's about how do we live our lives to make sure that we're always working towards that goal, whether we're actively thinking about it or not. So how are we setting ourselves up for success? How are we making sure that it's easy to make the right choices and the right steps in the right, in the right direction? There are also, again, one of the other um, cornerstones of my coaching is mindset. And this is where um, Galway's principle, um, his formula, talks about interferences. That's what it's referring to. It's referring to removal of negative self-talk. But like I say, in the way that I look at it, I actually look at this formula as being performance is equal to potential minus the interferences and the barriers that you've put in place for yourself. Now, I'm not talking about the barriers that are maybe put in there that you can't control. Like I say, you have to rely a little bit on if let's say it's sport related, you have to rely a little bit on genetics. And for example, if you are you know, if you're coming from a place that's disadvantaged compared to other people in your field, then you're going to have more hoops that you need to jump through and you're maybe going to have more barriers beyond your control. That doesn't mean that they're going to stop you from doing what you want to do, but it does mean that your potential might be a little bit delayed or at any given time might be behind where some of your peers are. And there's a lot of kind of discussions you can have about what affects your true potential and what's an interference and a barrier that you can remove. But we've got this formula. And like I say, I really want to drum home um, how important, but how simple this makes it, because it makes it really easy 
sometimes when we're making decisions to think about this is if we think about it, you know, aside from the emotional part, if we think about it from a physical barriers point of view, you can always be thinking, actually, I can do something here. And it's a very positive way of looking at a situation and helping you to make decisions about how to spend your time. Because you can always ask yourself, am I creating an interference, which is therefore taking away from my potential? Am I putting a barrier in place here, which is taking away from my potential? How is that going to affect my performance? And am I happy with that? Because sometimes you're going to put a barrier in place, which actually that you're happy with that. It might be that you've got a friend's birthday party a couple of nights before a big event and it's an important birthday party, it's an important friend and you know that you might feel a little bit tired the day the day after and that might affect what you can do the day before the event but it's worth doing because obviously to you success is within the parameters of um, keeping your friends and, and being successful in that way. So when we're thinking about barriers and interferences and potential and performance, it's important to also acknowledge that we're not saying that you should sacrifice everything for your goal. It's about acknowledging how you want to achieve that goal and how you want to maximize your performance and what you're prepared to sacrifice for that. And again, that's something I talk about a lot in my coaching. It's about priorities. But let's look specifically at what Galway called interferences. So he's talking about negative self-talk. And one of the things that he talks about in his coaching approach is the inner game and the outer game. So his outer game refers to all those physical barriers that I talked about. So how you're setting up your life, your planning, your lifestyle factors. And the inner game is these self-imposed obstacles. And I just want to talk a little bit about two really big inner obstacles and I would say two big emotions that I would say all of those kind of inner game uh, interferences come from. And those are fear and guilt. And these are the things that come up time and time again. And they are probably the reason that I end up coaching so many people. And it might be that you don't recognize that you have those emotions and you don't recognize that those are actually what are stopping you from achieving what you want to. Um, But for 99% of people, I would say fear and guilt in their various different forms are the two biggest emotions, um, possibly in some cases the only emotions that actually get in the way and stop us from performing. So let's look at fear. What is it that people are afraid of and why does that affect our performance? Why does that take away from our potential? Well, I would say fear of failure is probably the biggest one. Um, We are brought up, and I think it's changing a bit now, but I think in the generations gone by, we were brought up with a fear of failure. Um, Success was very black and white. It was all about go out, get a job, earn money, um, get married, have kids, you know, retire. You're a successful person. And I think success has always been measured in kind of monetary terms quite a lot, but it's also been measured in your ability to stand up to traditional standards. So do you have 2.4 children? Do you own your own home? Do you own your own car? You know, do you work five days a week? All of those things. And we're very frightened of not conforming to that. We're very frightened that we'll be seen as a failure. So that leads me into one of the other kind of things that links onto that, which is the judgments of others. We're afraid of failing, but I think 
one of the biggest reasons that we're afraid of failing is because our definition of failure is dictated by others. It's dictated by our culture and by our society. And one of the biggest things that we can do to get away from that is first of all, reframe failure. So, you know, what does failure actually mean? Well, failure to me is you have a goal or you have an aim and you don't quite meet it. Now, in different scenarios, that's going to mean different things and have different outcomes. When I coach my clients, what I'm talking to them about is what is your big overall goal? What is it that you want to achieve in your life? You know, what do you want to achieve with your family? What sort of lifestyle do you want to have? How do you want to feel? How do you want to set your life up? How do you want that to make you feel? We're talking about really big picture things. And then we're looking at how we break down the steps to actually get there. Now, when I talk to people and say, what is it that you want to achieve? What's the big goal? The reason we start talking about emotions is because actually that's what people say. It's not something I prompt them for, but they never come to me and say, oh, I want to have a 13 bedroom mansion and two Ferraris on the driveway. You know, that might be something that kind of comes up as a bit of a joke, but... When I say to people, what's the overall goal? What is it that you actually want to achieve from your life? What, you know, what kind of quality of life do you want to have? Where is it you see yourself? They say things like spending more time with their family, working three days a week, you know, having time to do their hobbies, um, being happy, having flexibility. And I think the big one that comes out that we can put all of those things into is having some freedom. And so actually, if you're thinking about that bigger picture and you set up the right plan, then you're not going to fail to get there. But what we are afraid of is we're afraid of failing on certain tasks and we shouldn't be afraid of that. We should be very afraid of failing to reach our dreams if we don't put a plan in place because that's a realistic option. But what we shouldn't be frightened of is failing on the little steps that get us there because all those little steps, all those little process goals that I talk about in planning and goal setting, they're just little steps to help us get there and to also evaluate where we are and how we're doing and help keep us on track and tell us whether we need to, you know, change course slightly. Perhaps the sea's a little bit too rough where you are and you need to go to some calmer water. And that's absolutely fine. But it's really important to acknowledge that failure does happen. You can't live a failure-free life. Um, it's something that I've had to deal with myself, um, you know, over the past year, Obviously, I have um, adopted a coach (laughs) and we've been working really hard on training. But one of the things that um, I realized I was doing was I wanted to be perfect and I wanted to perform and I wanted to hit every single metric in every single session. And it just wasn't realistic. And actually, training was a place where I should be failing because I should be testing things and I should be working out what works and what doesn't. And it's really important that we have that perspective. That is obviously training from a triathlon perspective. But even when, you, when you're doing exercises for work in your personal life, try things out, you know, accept that things aren't going to work. But when you know things don't work, you know what not to do. And that's just as important as knowing what to do. Because if you know what doesn't work, you're narrowing, you're narrowing down the scope of what can go wrong because you're saying, well, okay, this didn't work out, so let's do it differently. Life should be an experiment. It's not going to be perfect all of the time. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you acknowledge it and just chill out about it, the easier it's all going to feel and the better it's going to get. 
So I don't think we should be afraid of failure. We need to put it into context. Um, We need to make sure we have plans in place so that we don't fail on our big, big, big goals, on our emotional goals, but all those little step-by-step process goals, the little chunks on the way there. Maybe we need to accept that we are going to fail and maybe that's a good thing. As far as the judgments of others, what can be really helpful is to actually make a list of your own priorities and what's important to you. Again, to use myself as an example, what comes up time and time again is how I rank triathlon and work above all else. And that's because I love it. I absolutely love what I do and I love my sport and the whole thing is interlinked and it's brilliant. And, you know, people say, wow, don't you put your partner and your family and everything before that? And I say, well, no, because the reason that my partner and my family get on with me and love me and all the rest of it It's because of the person that I am. And the person that I am is because of those things that I do. And it's because I have passion. And it's because I have all these beliefs. And if I kind of sacrifice those for other people, then I'm not being true to myself. Do you see how that works? It's really important that we're really honest and open about what our expectations of ourselves and others are. And I think as long as you're open about that, There are going to be people who have their nose put out of joint when you come back and say, actually, my priorities are not what you think my priorities should be. And they're not going to like it because people don't like to be knocked down the priority list. And they also want you to conform to their own standards. But that's their priorities and that's up to them to think about. But there's nothing to say that you have to conform to the same priorities and cultural standards as the rest of society. What I would say is when you sit down and have that conversation with yourself and start to really, you know, write down what's important to you, think about actually what's really important to you. And if you could only do one thing, what would it be? And, you know, those sorts of questions. What I would say to you is that you need to then, once you've done that, surround yourself with the people who have a similar priority list. And it might not be that it's exactly the same as yours, but they too might be breaking out of this societal rules and regulations about what should be important to you. And it's really important that you surround yourself with other people who are going to be understanding of your priorities and help you and push you to make those the center of your world. Now, that doesn't mean that you should go and ditch all your nearest and dearest, but you should be open with them about what is important to you and what comes first and realistically what you can fit in around that. So don't be frightened of the judgments of others. Spend time working on what's important to you so that it's ready, so that you can be honest and open with other people so that you're not frightened of that. And I think the other thing, the final thing about fear is is fear of conflict and discomfort and pain. We don't want to be in pain. We don't want to be uncomfortable. And as a society, we move more and more towards making things quicker, making things easier, making things more comfortable, making life more cushy. And what comes along with that is a bigger and bigger and bigger aversion and uh, distaste for pain. Now, we did an episode on the podcast. I can't remember what number episode it was, but go back and listen to it if you haven't which was all about dopamine responses. Um, I think there was a separate one about, you know, are we afraid of pain? Go back and listen to that if you haven't already, um, because it was a really good episode and a real, you know, important brain trigger to think about, are we afraid of pain? Are we accepting that life is going to be painful? And in order to experience the pleasure of life, we have to experience the pain. And those two are very closely interlinked. Or are we just trying to look for an easy life all of the time? 
So go back and listen to that if you haven't already, because that will really help you to reframe a fear of pain. And actually, it kind of eliminates it and stamps it out once you think, well, pleasure can only come if we have pain. If we don't have pain, there is no pleasure. This is as simple as that. And I think if you start to think about that, then that helps you to get rid of the fear of pain. Guilt kind of marries into what I was talking about in terms of priority lists, the judgment of others, the fear of failure. Um, But I think guilt can come along as a separate emotion. When people have gone through the priority list, when people have gone through the goal smashing process with me, one of the things that happens is usually the next call or the call after that, or, you know, perhaps a few subsequent calls that we have together, people start to say, you know, I feel bad because I'm supposed to be spending time with this person, you know, my family and I'm not, I'm doing this. The simple fact is there's two reasons they might be feeling guilt. One is that they're not comfortable with the priorities that they've set themselves they haven't made it clear or other people have tried to put guilt on them about their priority list. And that's the point at which I say, well, you know, you need to have those important conversations with the people around you and make them understand that it's not anything they've done wrong, that it's not personal. It is about your development and you being a happier person and you being a happier, more successful person is going to benefit them in the long run as well. The other kind of guilt that comes up is guilt that, oh, you know, I'm never really present with my family because I'm working on my goals. And the simple thing there is that actually you haven't properly prioritized time and blocked out time. If you're feeling guilty about it, it's because maybe family is your priority and you're not making it your priority and you're then trying to multitask, which we know is a terrible approach, Or perhaps they're not as high on the priority list as you keep telling yourself they are. And then you're putting them in there um, and kind of saying, well, I haven't I haven't spent enough time with them because you're not making them the center of your universe, because actually that's not what you want to do. And it's okay to admit that. But what's really important is that you're honest with yourself about that and whether that's the case. So I think guilt kind of comes along with judgments of others, but it also comes when we're not maybe planning our time according to our own values. And it's really important that we do that because that gives us an enormous sense of honesty and accountability to ourselves. And that is how you get rid of guilt. It's when you're being honest and true to yourself. Also, when you work on this kind of fear of pain and failure, that will really help as well. So guilt is almost like a secondary emotion that comes from that. But I think fear and guilt, the two biggest emotions that I see that cause these interferences that stop you from going out and getting what you want to. And they're the two things that get in the way of success. Fear that we won't achieve it. Fear that we're going to fail at something. Fear that other people are going to judge us for the choices and decisions we make, for the actions we take. Fear that we're not fitting into what society says we should be doing. Guilt that we're not fitting in with the priorities of the people around us. Guilt that we're not conforming in the way that they say we should do. And it's making them feel bad. Their emotions are up to them. We can't control that. We can only control our own behavior. And we can only be as open and honest with ourselves as we are with everybody else around us. So hopefully that gives you some food for thought about your own interferences. And like I say, physical barriers, we can all start working on removing. The emotional kind of negative interferences from this formula might take a little bit longer. But I think if you can break down what is it that you feel guilty about? What is it that you feel fearful about? And you can start to think about how you can address those. You are going to get way more out of your performance because you're going to be taking a lot less away from your potential. You're going to be able to stop the negative self-talk. 
You're going to be able to talk to yourself in a much more encouraging, positive and successful manner. And if you look at successful people, if you look at the people that you aspire to be like, you will find that they work really hard on this because that is what success is all about. It's all about working hard on the interferences and on the barriers to maximize and squeeze out every single drop of your potential so that at any given moment, you're able to give your best possible performance. And that is what high performance coaching is about. So I love the formula. Like I say, I wish I'd dreamt it up myself, (laughs) but somebody got there first. The important thing is we can all use it to our benefit. So go away, have a think about it. There's homework you can do there. Get a pen and paper out, jot some notes down, have a think about your priorities, your fears, anything you feel guilty about. I would love to hear from you as well, whether that's in the Paladins community. Like I say, the uh, link to that is in the show notes. Or you can drop me an email. Um, You've got Potter at thewonderclinic.co.uk. And obviously you can message me on my social media channels as well. And I will try and catch up with all of you um, as quickly as possible. Um, In the meantime, have a great week wherever you are whatever you're doing and i will see you again very soon thanks for listening to the do better podcast i hope you enjoyed the show you can connect with me and learn more about how you can become a happier healthier and more successful superhuman by contacting me at stevie potter at the following stevie's wonder clinic on instagram and heading to our website thewonderclinic.co.uk. And you can get started on your journey today by completing the Superhuman Scorecard via the link in the show notes. I hope to see you all soon.